Today on CityCast Boise, Feliz Dia de los Muertos, Boise! We're talking to Boise City Councilperson Lisa Sanchez about Day of the Dead altars, spoiling our ancestors, and her plans this year to honor the gentleness and grace of her grandfather. Plus, what's the difference between appropriation and participation? It's Tuesday, November 1st, 2022. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is CityCast Boise. Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi, Emma. It's so, so good to talk to you. I'm really excited. Um, When was your first Dia de los Muertos? When did you start celebrating this wonderful holiday? My first time even learning about this holiday was as a freshman at Boise State University back in 1989. I grew up in Burley, Idaho. uh, There is a large population of Mexican and Mexican-American people there, but... You know, we live in Idaho and, you know, the the presence of the Mexican people is very rarely represented in the schools in terms of what we learn about the culture. And unless you have your family teaching you about these traditions or unless you're part of a community where those traditions are embraced, it's not until we get to college and we have that opportunity to learn more about our own culture And so I was really fortunate to go to Boise State at a time when there were uh, staff members of the campus who really embraced uh, the ceremony of Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead. And so that was my first time ever even learning about uh, the concept of Day of the Dead. And ever since then, I have really leaned into it. I always have an altar every year and... um, yeah, it's it, it's something that I am really grateful to Boise State uh, for teaching me about myself and my culture. Yeah, that's really pretty amazing to me that you didn't start celebrating until you're 18. It makes me think how uh, this this holiday, you know, I have I'm starting to see it celebrated more and more in Boise compared to when I was a kid. And I was just wondering for you, what makes this holiday special in Boise and like for Boise? You know, I'm happy to say, Emma, that there are so many examples of folks in the Treasure Valley embracing the ceremony and the ritual. Uh, for me, one of the, my favorite aspects of embracing this, this cultural celebration is it really highlights how we Mexicans feel about death. Uh, we, we don't fear it. And it's an opportunity to not just poke fun at the way we, um, we humans uh, like to put on airs, but it pokes fun at death itself. The reality is, as long as we have these ceremonies and we make a purposeful attempt to honor our dead, they're not really dead. And so that is the best part of celebrating Day of the Dead is to be able to make it to really do a deep dive into my own rich culture of my family and of of the Mexican people. That's so beautiful. Um, so how are you celebrating this year? What are you doing this year? I think this year I'm going to be making an altar for my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather was this very kind, gentle man. And my grandmother was the opposite. They were very well-matched because they were so different. My grandmother was the disciplinarian, very tough lady. And 
I think this year I want to honor the kind of man I want to see more of in our community. Uh, the kind of man who is not afraid of a strong woman, um, who lifts them up, who shows up uh, with gentleness and grace. So, yeah, this year I'm going to be setting up uh, an altar for my tata. Uh, his name was Roque Espinosa. And one of my favorite memories of him is when he would come home from work, he carried one of those black, those those very tough looking black lunch boxes because he worked in a nursery. So he always wore green and he would show up with that black lunchbox. And I knew what I would find in that black lunchbox. I would find his thermos of coffee that would be drained, but there would be one taco. And it was uh, a taco that my grandmother would make every morning before he left for work. She would make fresh tortillas and then she would smear each tortilla with refried beans, uh, put them in foil, a little bag of Fritos, uh, a few lemon drops and his coffee. Well, there would always be one taco that would come back. And we called that El Taco Paseado. So that was a taco that went for a trip. And that was my taco. <laughs> it was so good. It was all sweaty and hot. Oh, my and, God. And so I'd take his lunchbox from him as it come into the house. And I would not leave the poor man's side. It was so just enamored with him. And I think it would be wonderful to tap into my grandfather's gentle and kind and generous energy this day of the dead. Mm, I love that. Um so what are some of your favorite Day of the Dead recipes? Well, here's the thing. I don't cook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that kind of Mexican. No, my my thing, Emma, is I love certain elements of my culture. But I think because my mother was an amazing cook and so was my grandmother, I I don't really I don't really do that because it breaks my heart when I try to make something that they made and it doesn't turn out. It just makes me <laughs> sad. So I don't do it. Uh, but yeah. what I do love is one of my favorite parts of building an altar is to really remember what is it that my ancestors enjoyed. And it just, it's a wonderful trip down memory lane. And so, for example, my mom was a type 2 diabetic. So there was a lot of things that she couldn't enjoy. But when it's time to do her altar, I give her everything that she couldn't have as a type 2 diabetic. Oh. So a lot of that is pan dulce. It's a traditional Mexican uh, pastry and sweet bread. And so they do, they do make some uh, breads that are specifically um, done for Day of the Dead. So it's pan de muerto. And it's... These little these little loaves of bread that are they have the shape of crossed bones and like the little skull. It's it, it's very visual, very artistic. Uh, I love to get the conchas. You may be familiar with the conchas. They look like little tortoise shells, and they come in all these different vibrant colors. But yes, yeah, I love I love uh, the the baked goods that that we have to celebrate Day of the Dead. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between uh, participation versus appropriation for people who want to participate in Day of the Dead but aren't really sure about that. Yeah, I and I appreciate you bringing that up, Emma. I think I think folks need to um, spend a little bit of time really thinking about the fact that our country was founded on the principles of white supremacy. And I know those two words can be so triggering when we hear that. And part of it has to do 
with the images that we've been presented with when discussing white supremacy. I think we see these extreme examples of proud boys and members of the Klan wearing hoods. But the reality is white supremacy is baked into who we are as a society here in the United States. And it's hard to escape it. And one of the elements of white supremacy is privilege of being able to do whatever you want as a white person. And I think it's difficult at times for a white person to, uh, to, to hear the word no. No, you can't do that. No, you shouldn't do that. And if we could have folks spend a little bit of time in that discomfort before they get defensive, before they start justifying why they should partake in something, I think we can we can really get to a good place. So, for example, you might have somebody who maybe they have their Mexican friend who said they can do this. Well, I would really be careful about that because the reality is, you know, I don't speak for the Mexican community. I speak for Lisa and I would never say to somebody, you can do this and you can't do this. So that's what I would say is folks should just be uh, mindful that um, if they're going to be dressing as a Katrina for Halloween, um, some could view that as being disrespectful and uh, using our culture as a costume because it's not a costume. It really is something meaningful to our people. And, and for those of us who have only discovered this later in life, um, to have people just appropriating it is painful. Yeah, like you said before, like you, you can't turn being Mexican on and off. But white people who are like, oh, I feel like doing this for this one day, get to sort of take maybe the more fun aspects of being a Mexican-American and without any of the other, you know, painful stuff. So definitely something for people to keep in mind. Exactly. The way I, the way I describe it, it's like, imagine somebody, you know, you've, you've spent all this time making a cupcake and somebody just walks up and they, with their finger, lift the frosting and then they move on. It's like, um, you know, you don't have to live the life of a Mexican person. And it's not all fun and games. Yeah. I think a lot of white people will say, oh, uh, I love the makeup. I love the sugar skulls. It's so cute. And you're like, it's not, you know, that there, it's a whole culture. There's a whole correct a uh, lot of context to that, that you just taking it and doing like one thing because you think it's cute or you think it's, you know, Instagrammable or something. Exactly. There's like so much, there's so much more to it. And so maybe a big part piece of that is people educating themselves, really understanding the culture and not just like snagging one or two things from it. Uh, I remember watching this really great interview a few years ago with ta Coates. And the conversation was about using the word, the N-word. And he, I don't think he was prepared for the question, but he gave a really eloquent, amazing response and said, you know, yeah, you know, we don't all get to use the same terms. He's like, I call my wife, honey. She calls me, honey. I if there was some random woman on the street that came up and called me that, my wife and I would have a problem. She and her girlfriends call each other by a certain term that I would never call my wife by. Um, it's context. What I would encourage folks to do is do what I do what I do uh, for Day of the Dead. Do what a lot of folks who who make altars do. You know, spend some time and get your journal out. And you yourself write your story. 
write your story about these people. Because, like I said, I think if we spend some time thinking about our ancestors, they're not really gone. And a lot of these memories are stirred up around Day of the Dead because you, you're you meant to sit with your ancestors and tap into that energy. And all these memories come up and they serve you beyond the day. It's wonderful to think about the pink rollers that I'm going to put at my grandfather's altar this year, <laughs> you know, and the Winston 100s that I had for my grandmother at last year's, you know, altar. But what's wonderful is when you stir up these memories, Emma, you are serving yourself in ways that you cannot even fathom in the moment. I really appreciate you sharing all of your stories and thoughts on Day of the Dead and teaching us some about it. And I hope you have, is it, do you wish someone a happy Day of the Dead? Is that, Absolutely. do I say Feliz, Feliz Dia de los Muertos to you? <laughs> Feliz Dia de los Muertos. And some news before you head out. The Idaho Statesman has a new poll out about abortion. The poll asked 550 adults in the state their opinion on reproductive rights, and it turns out the state is pretty evenly divided. A little more than half the people surveyed think abortion should be legal in all or limited cases. And all this week, you can get your hunger satisfied during the annual Taste of Downtown event. 50 Boise restaurants and bars are participating this year with $12 deals on food and drinks. Remember to tip well! That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. Be sure to check out our show notes for links to local Dia de los Muertos events around the Treasure Valley, including a story about Jesus Urquides, one of Lisa's favorite historic Mexican figures in Boise. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Bye!